0: Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church.
1: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Ozzaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's exactly what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And we're in a series today called Outside the Circle and a Faith Gone Viral as the struggle for power has been the root cause of many evils. Scripture presents a model for power that is not destructive, but peaceful, transformative, and beneficial to everyone. So what can we learn about this power and how God wants to use it to impact the world around us? The message today is called The Demonstration of Power, starting off in the book of Acts. It's time for Real Life Radio.
0: Now remember, our faith was designed to go viral. That's the way Jesus designed it. We started in Acts 1.8. Remember what Jesus said, some of his final words, he said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That idea of witnesses, person to person, and then all the way from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, local to global. Person to person, local to global. This faith was designed to be viral. That's the way it was intended, and it did go viral. That's exactly what happened in that first century and beyond. It took over Western civilization. It impacted the entire world. But we reckon that something's happened. Something has happened in North America and Western Europe, and our faith doesn't seem to be spreading virally. In fact, it seems like we're even taking steps backwards. And we ask what, that question, well, what is it? is it? Is it the faith that's different, the gospel? Is there not a need for grace or forgiveness anymore? And what we saw is the difference is us. Our first week we made this point, viral faith requires infectious believers. And you can't be infectious if you're not infected. Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's where it starts. This sense of God's presence, his light within us that we have to be willing to share. Filled with the Spirit, sharing person to person, local to global. Now, remember, the second week we asked the question when people got nervous about, okay, well, what do I say? If I'm going to actually share this thing that God's done, my story or whatever, what is it that I actually say? I don't want to destroy all of Christendom because I said it wrong. And we kind of just relieved the pressure a little bit because what did the Apostle Paul say? And in fact, if you have your Bibles, please turn here, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. We're going to start there again this week. Remember what Paul said he And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, we have to decide, was the Apostle Paul being humble there? oh, shucks. I, I don't think so. I think it was very clear. And I think he probably was pretty nervous about sharing in this very pagan, godless city of Corinth. He said, so I didn't come with a lot of words but a demonstration. And and we saw one demonstration plainly stated, but there was another demonstration listed here. And the first demonstration was Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ and him crucified. A demonstration of love, the ultimate demonstration of love. We saw that, that demonstration, the cross, is a demonstration of love. We saw our love for the world around us and how we love even our enemies is a demonstration of God's love. We saw that our love for one another is a demonstration that the world desperately hungers for. We saw that love is the most viral aspect of our faith. And so, what we said is viral faith needs less telling and selling and more tasting and seeing. Viral faith needs less telling and selling. We got lots of that. And they need more tasting and seeing. It's like the psalmist wrote. Now, the second demonstration, the first was Jesus Christ and Him crucified, the cross. Demonstration of his love. But the other demonstration was of the spirit and power. He said, I, I didn't come with wise speech, lofty speech, but demonstration of the spirit and of power. So my question is, what is the power of the spirit? What is it? What does it look like? How do we know when we are operating in the power of the spirit, when there's a demonstration of the spirit's power? When people say things like, well, man, we were gathered together and the spirit showed up, what exactly do they mean? Is it a feeling? Is it emotion? Is it some kind of effect? What are they talking about? What is this thing about the Spirit's power? So before we get into that, I want to talk just a little bit about power, this idea of power, because we talk about it a lot. Actually, as I was doing some just research on the subject, I did an Internet search on power, and I just looked at images. Here are some great images of power, and they, they resonated with me. Look at that. That's power. oh. oh. <laughs> this is the one hold that there guys this is the one I love so much because you know early on I ultimately thought what I wanted to do is you know how you see in these space pictures and how these little Martians have huge heads with veins and kind of and then they ultimately just become a mind that's what I was really hoping my path would be and I would just be able to control the world with my mind you know one of my personal heroes pinky in the brain you know what are we going to do today brain same thing we do every day, try to take over the world. So, if you don't know who Pinky and the Brain are, you know. I had this kind of sense of, and obviously humorously, but this idea of power. And I had a thing as a kid for superheroes. Any of you have a thing for superheroes? I loved comic books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One guy brave enough to raise his hand. The rest of you, cowards. Because you all were. I was into superheroes. X-Men. And I mean, when we think of those images of power, that's what we're talking about. We love the thought of powers. Fantastic Four, the Marvel comics, DC, the new Batman Superman coming out. I'm looking forward to that. Any other nerds with me? Yes. Yeah. It's this idea of power. I remember as a kid, I got in trouble in church because I was, instead of listening to the dulcet tones of my pastor... I was doing one of the many things I would do to distract myself. I, in, my, in my church, I knew how many light fixtures there were. I knew how many tiles on the ceiling. I could count them. I knew them mathematically, all different ways. You know how many light fixtures are here, don't you? <laughs> I got caught. My mom saw me like, spraying different things with my spider webs. I didn't have real webs, but I had, was in the midst of Spider Man comics. And so, tsk, 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 got the pastor right in the head. She saw me and thumped me. You should be listening. Oh, I am, Mom. I am. What is the obsession with power? I went and looked up power, and one of uh, Webster's definitions there are a lot of definitions on power, but actually, one of the shortest ones and the first one was the ability or right to control people or things. The ability or right to control people or things. This is the thing about power. And it's kind of a dark illustration if you stop and think about it. Anytime you use that word control. But I want to suggest this is one of the most sought-after aspects of power. This idea, the desire to control the surroundings. We've heard the kind of saying, power corrupts, right? Well, that quote came from Sir John Dahlberg. Dahlberg Acton. He's a British Catholic historian, author, and politician. And here's the whole quote that he actually said. He said, Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolute, absolutely. Now, I thought that's where the quote ended. It doesn't. Power tends to corrupt, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Great men are almost always bad men. Ouch is right. Have you ever had that nagging feeling? Even if you, you think, okay, it can't be true, it's, it's not necessarily always true. It's, but have you ever kind of had that? I, I actually got to a place with politics. You know, start out young, and you're kind of idealistic, and I'm, I was really into politics, and, you know, I was originally going to be a lawyer. That was where I started out before the Lord called me into ministry. So politics, naturally, I had some interest in it. And I remember as I watched, you know, and I was a follower of Jesus, Christian man, but as I watched the political thing go kind of as I grew... And I experienced it and I heard a lot of speeches and then I saw the behavior that followed. And then heard more campaign speeches and saw more behavior that followed and saw what happened when people actually had power. And I began to become cynical. And I began to have this bias, okay, when it came to particularly, I didn't care which political party. By the time someone gets to the level where they're running for highest office, running for president, here was my bias. They have compromised so many times to get there that there's something that's a little turned sideways. And I'm not saying that's always true. I don't presume to know that there are no exceptions to that. But this was the bias that I began to have. And so when I heard Acton's quote, great men are almost always bad men, there was a little bit in me that was like... It's that issue of control. Now, when it comes to definitions, I prefer the definition of British philosopher Bertrand Russell. He simply defined power as the ability to produce intended effects. The ability to produce intended effects. I like that. And see, because our question really today is what did the Apostle Paul mean when he talked about the power of the Spirit? A demonstration of power in the Spirit. What did he actually mean?
1: And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in this series called Outside the Circle a faith gone viral as found on the sermon page at reallife.org and if you're looking for a new church home here's your invitation from Pastor Sean
0: do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more Jesus made a simple statement the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but I came to give you abundant life real life I talk to a lot of people and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
1: And back to the message, A Demonstration of Power, A Faith Gone Viral. This is Real Life Radio.
0: Now, if you have your Bibles, I hope you are electronically or paper or through our notes or whatever, flip over to Ephesians chapter 3 because Paul wrote more extensively about power in Ephesians 3. Now, verse 7 is where I'm going to start. Then I'm going to skip down to verses 14 and 21. But in verse 7, he introduces this idea. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. And then he goes and talks a little bit about that kind of on a personal basis. But then he picks up in verse 14. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. That is such a powerful verse. To him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, in that passage, the verses we just read, he lists power three times. He talks about strength twice. And I want to point out, I, we would be remiss if we didn't kind of acknowledge it, Paul begins this conversation about power in a unique way. In verse 14, remember what he says, for this reason, because of this power, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. Um, if you're taking notes, jot this down in the margin somewhere. Spiritual power always begins with submission. Spiritual power always begins with submission. See, Paul says, uses the phrase, for this reason. Because of the great power that had, God had given him, and because of the power that had worked in him, and the authority that God gave him as apostle, he says, I begin, I bow my knee. Spiritual power always begins with submission. That's a very significant understanding. He uses the phrase according to the riches of his glory. According to the riches of his glory. I love verse 20. Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. We need to understand the kind of power that we're talking about. We use the, you know, I grew up hearing the King James exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. So many of us have such low expectations when it comes to the Father. Such low expectations when it comes to our faith. God has given us a faith that is filled with power. And in fact, what Paul is saying, that was how he spread the gospel. And and the Apostle Paul was used to spread the gospel unbelievably. It was with demonstration of the Spirit and power. But notice the phrases that he used throughout this passage. He talks about this, you may be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's verse 16. He talked about in your hearts. He said you may be filled with the fullness of God. And he talked about the power at work within us. I want to point out real clearly, Paul is talking about a power that is focused internally. We need to make note of that. That's really important. A power working within us, in our inner being, in your hearts. You're filled with the fullness of God. The focus of this power is internal. It is about life change in us. New Testament power is the power of life change. It's really what it is. Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Now, here's the problem, and I want to just kind of hold these up. We tend to want the control over people or our surroundings kind of power. That's the kind we think of. But that's not what the New Testament presents. We tend to even want that in our spiritual circles. We think of the power of God as God doing what we want, whether that's praying for healing. And, folks, we pray for healing. We've seen God heal. We've experienced that. We believe that's a biblical thing. But I've seen so many people derailed when they prayed and God didn't heal in the way they wanted. And so what that revealed is we want to think of power in the context of God doing what we want. And we want to, we'll, we'll, fight, we'll go and we'll take our sick friend. Rather than just praying because it's God who does the healing, God who does the restoration in the way and in the time that he wants. Rather than just doing that, we'll take our friend to someone who has kind of the hot hand, you know. Oh, my friend told me about a guy in town, they're having meetings and he's got the hand. I mean, really, you know what I'm saying, and that, and what we see is like flesh being bolstered up, and flesh being exalted, because there's this image of being able to control people or our surroundings, God doing what we want, or even controlling the Lord. And I just want to say that is absolutely not what Paul is talking about when he talks about the Spirit's power. It's something very different. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down: the power of viral faith is the power of life change. The power of viral faith is the power of life change. And just stop and think about that phrase. Think of how amazing and awesome that power is. One of our greatest obstacles is the idea of life change, heart change. The power of viral faith is the power of life change. See, that's the second demonstration. The first is the cross and that demonstration of love. The second demonstration that Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 2 is the demonstration of the power of life change. And that will take our faith viral along with the other. You know, I grew up in a tradition, Pentecostal tradition, and a lot of people taught the evidence of being filled with the Spirit was speaking in tongues. Okay, that was. In our tradition, some of you may have been encountered that or heard that. The evidence of being filled with the Spirit speaking in tongues. It's one of the spiritual gifts talked about in 1 Corinthians 12, in 1 Corinthians 14, other places in Scripture. And growing up, I was taught that that's the evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Well, the problem is, as I studied the Word, I discovered it never says that. In fact, it gives crystal clear what the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is. It's found in Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 24. Listen, and it's, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. What better way to say, this is how you'll know, because that's what you're looking for. How do I know when I'm filled with the Spirit? How will others know when I'm filled with the Spirit? Well, here it is. This is the evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5, and 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You want to know how someone is filled with the Spirit? You want to tell someone you got filled with the Spirit? Oh, I got filled with the Spirit with the evidence of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. That's the evidence. Real power always results in life change. See, I've seen throughout my years as a follower of Jesus Christ, crazy things done, supposedly in in the name of Jesus, supposedly done in his power, but then obviously not in his power because one, the fruit was not good, and two, the fruit of the person who was claiming the power was terrible. Yeah, but they they did this and it looked so cool. Oh, I got goosebumps all up and down my spine. Mm, It was good. No, it had to be the power of God. I had goosebumps. That doesn't just happen. No, the power of viral faith is the power of life change. I want to talk real quick about three manifestations of the Spirit's power to change lives. Because this power is amazing. The first is the power of transformation. The power of transformation. It is one of the most amazing things. It is one of the things that will be most viral about our faith. It is one of the things the world is desperately wanting to see in this faith that we proclaim. The power of transformation. And let, let me just say this, and I don't mean to be harsh here. Okay But I do believe this is very accurate. A testimony without transformation is false advertising. A testimony without transformation is false advertisement. and, and, and we've had way too much false advertising. Nobody appreciates false advertising. When the, when the packaging, of the story says this, and then the actual product is, "Oh yeah, no, not at all. I don't care if you're marketing cell phone or sharing your faith. That absolutely undermines people's confidence in whatever you're talking about. Testimony without transformation is false advertising. It's like we're, we're out, if, if that's the story, if we have a testimony, no transformation, it's like impersonating a Christian. See, the power of transformation is compelling and it's very simple. It's simply, I was this, but now, because of Jesus, I'm this. I was someone who was angry all the time, but now, because of Jesus, because of his presence, I find myself far more often at peace. And this is not a story. Your testimony is not one of perfection here. But it should be one of transformation. I was a person who was always worried about about my my stuff, and and I was greedy, and I was selfish. And I've actually seen God begin to work a, a spirit of generosity in me. I was this, but now I'm this because of his presence working in me power of transformation. In fact, in Philippians 1.6, Paul said this, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. He who began a good work in you will bring it to complete- completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Do, do you understand that, that you're like a construction zone? You're under construction? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Spirit comes and he begins to work in you. He begins to mature you. He's begun a good work in you, and that maturity is ultimately making you more like Christ. I'm not talking about taking away your individuality. I'm talking about the character traits, those fruit of the Spirit, like Jesus had them. He's going to work them in you. You want love, joy, peace? You want more patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness? You want greater faith, humility, meekness, self-control? Those are all things that he is working. You are a construction zone. And Paul says, I guarantee you, I'm sure of this, He who began that good work will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. That's what maturity is. We call that grow. We call that grow here, right? We have our five decisions on the journey to real life. Follow, connect, grow, serve, and share. And that grow means from the minute we become a follower of Jesus, he begins to mature us in the Spirit. That's transformation. Let me tell you something. Uh, We make it crystal clear around here. Um, It is not okay to not grow. It is not okay... To be a follower of Jesus Christ and be the same as you were 10 years ago without any progress. Okay, that's a sign of a problem. It's not okay if 10 years from now I'm exactly the same, same struggles, no victory, no sense of maturity. If I'm the same 10 years from now as I am today. It's not okay because we are designed to grow. That's what the work of the Spirit, the theological term is sanctification, making me more like Jesus setting me apart for god's purpose in my character that inner work of transformation and that is powerful if you've been discouraged by things in your life and say there's no way i can get over this there's no way i want to encourage you right now yes there is he who began that good work is able and is faithful to bring it to completion the power of viral faith is the power of life change second thing the power of restoration now this is one that that throws some people the power of restoration Because not only can God transform the things that hurt you in the past, but he can restore the things that you think you've lost for good.
1: Thank you, Pastor Sean Azarro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio. As next time, we'll continue in this series on A Faith Gone Viral, which is available right now on demand when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotoma Park with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.
0: Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special.
1: Come find out more at River City Community Church.